Welcome to Blaze and Access, connecting the community to the disabled world. I'm Blaze Bryant. Facebook.com slash Blaze and Shows, B-L-A-I-S-I-N Shows. Same with Twitter and my website, which is blazinshows.com. Hope all is well and that you've had a great week. And I actually have a guest this week. Joining me is Sonam Willow, who is the housing and benefits specialist at the Independent Living Center of the Hudson Valley in Troy, New York. Sonam, thanks so much for being so generous with your time here, and welcome to Blaze and Access. Hi, Blaze. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I used to work at the Independent Living Center where, where you do now, and that that's how our paths kind of ended up uh, interweaving, if you will. So tell us a little bit about the center and some of the services that they provide. Sure. Um, the Independent Living Center is part of several centers located in New York and actually throughout the United States. Uh, independent Living Centers provide a number of programs for the purpose of helping individuals with disabilities to examine alternatives and make informed decisions that direct their own lives. So this means helping people to get information, learning more about financial resources, supporting people to apply for SSI, SSDI, and some of the other state and federal programs, as well as what are called peer support groups and peer counseling, which is one disabled person helping another or a group helping another. We even have uh, our um, several uh, health grants that help us to do a number of things towards those ends as well. It really is amazing because I started working there seven years ago, left three years ago, and the growth just keeps on growing. Yes, they really do. They're doing a great job. When I first worked here, I worked here for actually 10 years from um, 1996 through and uh, so I went to work at the uh, the education department and then I came back um, a year and a half ago and I'm really happy that I did and they have uh, grown so much since I worked with them before where they only had pretty much a single year of fun- funding source and so uh, like most non-for-profits the most important thing is to keep the doors open and they do this through really good financial development so that we work with a number of grants. That way you're not only working with one source. It works really well. Smart. It's a smart idea for keeping things growing. Oh, no question about it. And you were in an entirely different building, too, you know, from 96 yep. to 06 as well, over in the uh, Troy Atrium, which is, I guess, now being turned into apartments. And now the, the building that you're in was owned by a RPI, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, to geology professor. So, yes, yeah, we still have our lecture hall. So, um, which we used for uh, well prior to COVID, which we used for uh, in-person large group events. Absolutely, as I said off the top, you do a lot with Social Security benefits and housing. Let's take the benefits stuff first. Coupled with your background at the education department, I would imagine things in the benefit world have been quite busy, haven't they? Um, yeah, they sure are. So with a lot of people being out of work, um, many disabled people have had a second thought about what their needs might be. Uh, and basically, it's about understanding what the opportunity is out there for so that you may qualify for certain benefits that might not bring you a ton of money, but at least a little bit so that you'll have the ability to stay in the community, mm-hmm. as well as health care needs. Because, of course, 
We don't have nationwide health care yet, I like to say. Uh, so our health care is all attached to employment. And if you're not able to work because you've become disabled or you were disabled from birth and maybe you're not yet having the support needs or the education needs met so that you can find ways to still work as a person with a disability, as, as I do, uh, you have to have some level of financial support. I, I myself was on the Social Security Disability System for five years. Uh, before I gradually got off with my bachelor's degree from the College of St. Rose and with doing an internship through Hudson Valley Community College here at the Independent Living Center, that's how I started working here back in the early day. I didn't know you went to St. Rose. I did. I graduated in 95 with my uh, my degree in social work. No kidding. Well, yeah. look at that. Yeah. Rosebuds on both sides of the conversation here. How about that? Oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't know you went to St. Rose. I loved St. Rose. It's a, it's a great place. Yeah, I graduated from there in 2014. That's nice. how I got my start in college radio, was doing stuff in the communications building over there. Oh, yeah, I remember when they built that, and they have a whole two, a TV studio over there, too. They they do, which yeah. I, I spent a little bit of time in that studio, but I was too blind to operate the cameras. So, you know, my, my, my film career was kind of... <laughs> if you will That's really funny. well done well done sound effects well, well um <laughs> yeah i um, well i love radio i got into radio when i graduated from the university of albany with my master's in 2002 i wasn't sure what i wanted to do next so i stayed working um at the independent living center for another few years and while i did that i did radio over at wrpi Troy, at RPI Troy, rather, yep. at the WRP on my radio station. And I just loved it. I loved engineering. I love to play with sound. I'm, I'm very auditory motivated, you know, like even with a movie. I love a movie with a good narrative line. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, there's something about it. I think it just makes it come alive in a different way to hear the human voice illustrating things. Yeah, so. I, yeah. I, I mean, I know we kind of went a, a little bit off the track a little bit, but this is all just to prove and show people that people with disabilities, we we want to be integrated in the community and enjoy the same things as people who are quote unquote able bodied and do not have disabilities. And to right, yeah, right. yeah. Well, that's the whole, that's the whole point is that people are multifaceted, and I and one of the things that it's important when you're for anyone who's in the helping professions at all is that when you're working with people to remember the whole person comes to see you, not just the presenting issue or problem, like needing enough food to feed their families while, while you're help, helping the person to do that, to remember that and, and conduct, conduct your meetings with courtesy to give the person dignity as they receive their necessary advice or help and support. Yeah, to that end, why don't you talk a little bit, a bit about the difference between the medical model versus the social model? And the social model is, of course, what the independent moving or independent living movement is predicated on. Well, I think the medical model is more directive and, and diagnostic. It's more focused on what is wrong, which can be part of the recipe towards improving physical or mental health. And while there are elements uh, uh, and, and I, I know because I've had social work clinical training to help people to, to to help themselves. Independent living is predicated on the conceptual idea that people are on an equivalent basis. You know, I used to tell people the only difference between 
my receiving help or my giving help is the two feet between your chair to mine. Mm. I happen, you know, <clears throat> so yeah. I happen to think that you know, just you know, everybody can offer some support guidance or, or, or understanding towards t- different topics. I mean, I, I think one of the things that happens in the medical model, because they're, I have a personal belief, it's because the volume level is too high. It's really hard, for example, to have time with a medical doctor who will really be able to sit with you and understand you as a person yeah. instead of the, you know, seven minutes or whatever they're at the insurance companies predicate where they have to race through a series of questions and come to rapid conclusions. I think it interferes with human interactions, whether virtual or in person, need, 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 need something to improve it. And I think at Independent Living, we're conscious of the person. That's right. I mean, how do you feel? You worked here for four years. Do you feel, did I capture it? Did I, what do you think? I think you absolutely nailed it. And the diagnostic thing, that was, that's really, you know, that's really it versus the social model where it is about you and, and unfortunately, because of the pandemic and whatnot, that distance between the chairs is now six feet instead of two. But, right. it, it, you know, the, the concept still kind of works the same as I'm being a little tongue in cheek about the social distancing and whatnot. Well, well, it, it does. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's sort of symbolic, too. You know, you can have somewhat of a, of a connection with somebody. I think it's just understanding underneath rather than predicating someone's interpretation of life as being illness or mental illness based. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yep. I think, I think people do that. I think people have a way of being very judgy too about learning styles. Um, one of the things that I do is try to help people with disabilities sustain their, their employment, both through accessing existing services um, in the community to do so, as well as giving people, um, through counseling and peer counseling and other advisements, ways of thinking about jobs that fit personal learning styles and temperaments. A lot of our traditional work, I think, opened up when people could work more from home. And I was reflecting today how few people had to use sick leave and things like that because they still got their work done because they could be in their space. They didn't have to be at a job at 8.01 in the morning, you know, um, with much kudos to the healthcare who still had, uh, had to still be there and to our retail uh, workers and, and construction and other, other, th- other jobs. A lot of people were able to really flourish because they could work from home. I, I, I wish that would continue. Although I, I, I see the writing on the wall. I don't think it's going to in many places. Which really is sad. I mean, People with disabilities, we've wanted, Sonam Willow, we've wanted the opportunities to work from home because we have the technology that we need to do what we need to do, whether it's yeah. whether it's our jobs or living our lives. I've been working at home or from home since March 12th of 2020, and I was asked quite recently, you know, how often I want to go back to the office. Knowing that the answer wasn't going to be zero, um, you know, which which in a perfect world, that's what it would be for me. Because the other piece of this, too, that you've talked about that is so tied to employment is another thing called transportation, isn't it? Yes, very much so. Both from the cost to the frustration to the amount of time it takes, which keeps us from our own personal space. And, and, and as well as family issues and childcare, um, 
I, I think if a job can be done from home, why not let's find ways to help that continue? And it actually is something that I talk about through the independent living filter because independent living is a dynamic process. It can never be static. It can never be frozen in place. And to just kind of crack the door open, technology is our friend. And I think they did a lot. I know I, I don't can't quote the study, but they did a study when the state workers were working from home and saw that their work was flourishing and that productivity was the same or better because people could flex around their hourly needs and not have to catch a bus or, you know, be stuck in traffic for hours. So there's, there's just something that I, I just want to say, which is, uh, if you if you want to think more about finding things that fit your life with what benefit needs you have or employment needs, you could talk to your friends, you could talk to a therapist, but you could also work with us at the Independent Living Center to help you find ways to feel uh, stronger as a person with a disability dealing in the world that's not exactly made for us. And I, I really wish that the world environment of work might change. And I think people with disabilities need to have a voice in that. That's why I brought it up in conjunction with this today. Well, you're absolutely right. It's it's exactly what we need to be doing. And I got to be honest with you, when I graduated college seven years ago and I found out about this place called the Independent Living Center of the Hudson Valley, I had not the slightest idea what an independent living center was. Like, is this what I want to do? Because I wanted to do radio. That's what I really wanted to do when I got out of college, still the dream for me to do radio and get paid to do it. With that said, I also knew, hmm, let's take a chance here. I might as well throw my hat in this ring to be become an advocate, a peer advocate, which I understood what that meant on a very cursory basic level, but building a youth transition program because the center had recently received a grant to do so. That was, like I said, seven years ago. I had not the slightest idea in terms of building a program. And all this is to say independent living centers, they are willing to give people with disabilities a chance, even if the background doesn't necessarily line up with what they are looking for, they meaning the agency. Yes. Yes, exactly. Because we bring specific or, or variable skills to our jobs, but they give us the room to help it grow in, in unique ways. And I think that's really important. I don't think a lot of work uh, and, and, and other non-work environments always give people the opportunity to be themselves. There's such a push for us to be robots still in the culture. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I think a little bit of that I mean, if there's such a thing, the old, the old fashioned expression, silver lining, you know, I think COVID was horrific. What, what, what it's brought to many of us, uh, some of us who lost people, uh, so many things that people have gone through with illnesses and, and, and fears. And, but the silver lining to the whole experience was a commonality of experience yeah. where people could think about, uh, it isn't just me in the world, or I don't expect you to be a certain way. I, I, I hope kindness and prizing of ability and respect of those who may look different, move different, walk or communicate differently, ride a chair, whatever it is, I, I hope that people can learn and embrace 
that we are all just a little bit the same underneath it all. We all had to stay home, didn't we? Except for healthcare workers we, and, and retail, which I appreciate. And bus drivers too. Be, Think about those people and as bus well. Drivers. Yeah, I had a good talk with a CDTA bus driver, actually. It was rough on them in the beginning of COVID. Oh, yeah. And the one, the one thing he did say was people with disabilities were still on the bus. Well, of course, because we can't always drive. No, that's that's for sure. You know, you know? It, it really, that's exactly it. And going to the grocery stores, we were told essentially what was an essential trip and what was not. And if you didn't have to make an essential trip, don't get on the bus. Right, right, exactly. And a long time, for a long time, people haven't. But it's been impressive. Uh, uh, one of the things I've kept my uh, finger on the pulse of is how uh, I've just started to take the, the bus again because I have um, certain conditions that make it better for me sometimes to take the bus. So mm. they're, they're very clean, and the air is very clean. You still have to wear a mask. You're right, but, right. Um, and the buses aren't packed because they've added extra buses to the route so we can get where we need to go. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I really think that as bad as COVID was for the transportation companies, whether it's here in this area or wherever you are in the country, maybe even the world, that there was so much learned despite the lost revenue, which unfortunately they're not going to get back for a really long time. That's a very sad reality. But as you said before, Sonam, that silver lining, if you will. Yeah. And I think now that we're in sort of COVID um, transitioning, um, that's why I was so grateful when you said you could make some time for us to have some conversation on your, your program. So, because I really appreciate our similar background and the independent living movement as a whole. It's one of the first jobs of helping people that I got after coming off of social security disability myself with my uh, degree from the College of St. Rose. I was having some trouble getting work because I had become ill while I was at St. Rose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had broke my back in three places and um, I also had Lyme disease, which they didn't recognize at the time and it caused secondary complications. The fact is, is if you're in the world, you may have issues. You may have it from illnesses or injuries or accidents or age or anything. Right. And somewhere along the line, the perfect expectations that we may see people driving themselves and driving commerce and industry needs to be adjusted to be progressive, not just perfectionistic. And the thought of progressive to me gets me back to that concept of independence. I mean, we love that in our country, don't we? We love Independence Day's coming and mm-hmm. we're gonna people are gonna drag out their flags. Well, that means for everybody. And there's there's things that need to change systemically so that people can support themselves and have a place to live and be able to go to and from places they need to go to. So our independent living center with Cliff Perez, our systems advocate, and other centers work hard to think about the larger issues, too, because sometimes money goes on things like putting out more advertisements so more and more people can buy cars. That's There's a bunch of federal money. That, that's their whole purpose, for example. Right. Well, I own a car, but I didn't need for them to spend thousands of dollars to make sure that I buy one, you know? Exactly. One of those larger issues, Sonam, that you work on is housing. Talk about how 
that has been impacted in terms of people with disabilities in the pandemic? Well, the issue with housing is is interesting and unique. Um, people, there's not much in the way of affordable housing that there used to be. You know, if we, if we look back in our history, um, in the Reaganomics era, um, President Reagan got rid of the requirements for having a certain amount of Section 8 housing. Mm. Um, and throughout time, people have struggled to find housing that they can afford, even when people do work full time. I mean, a fair market rent in our region is $912. If you make minimum wage, how are you going to afford $912 in rent plus heat, electricity, transportation costs, food costs, clothing costs? You know, it's 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 nearly undoable for individuals to, to support. So programs like Section 8... Um, People may not understand or be embarrassed about or have trouble navigating. And recently, Section 8 has reopened their wait list, including in our region. So I'm really happy to say there are ways that people who are struggling with affordable housing can have some help. And some of it is walking through processes of paperwork and providing correct identifications and things like that. And that's something that I help people to do, as well as be planful about where do they live, where do they work. And how do they get from point A to point B so that uh, an apartment isn't only picked because it's affordable, it's picked because it has the necessaries in order for us to do day-to-day life, which can include busing. I'll use myself as an example because it's the best one that I can think of off the top of my little old brain. And that is when you're looking for housing, it's, at least for me, being completely blind the thing, number one, is, is it on a bus line? Because yep. that's how I can get around. Elon Musk hasn't sent me a, a Tesla that's well enough to use and drive myself. And who the heck, knows if, that is, who the heck knows if that's ever going to be the case? So, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> or, or safe enough, too. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a whole different can of worms that because we only have about five minutes left here as uh, this has flown by as it always does when you and I have conversations uh, I mean that's a, that's an entirely different thing that uh, we could open up some other time and speaking of opening things up this is not the first time you're going to hear Sonam and I as uh, tell Tell everyone, uh, you know, about some of the radio things that you want to get into and how we're going to be working together on it. Oh, sure. Well, I'd like to do a focus on health and wellness. Our center has a number of grants, and we have a wonderful person named Patricia Carson that I'm actually going to interview, and maybe she can jump in. We have a a non um, program to help people stop smoking. We have a program to help uh, people um, learn to incorporate meditation in their daily lives. I myself am um, a formally trained uh, Kundalini yoga instructor, and I do a lot of work with people to help manage anxiety and depression and all kinds of things through ordinary means because it doesn't always have to include medication. And then uh, we have a, a diabetes prevention program of, of significance that Pat works with. And so there's, there's a lot of ways that we're thinking about encapsulating it, not only considering um, rights as people with disabilities, but lifestyle and, and considering wellness and health. That's, that's a whole area that I think deserves some time and attention. And then 
after another time, it would be really interesting for people who think, geez, I want to make a difference on the larger issues. Well, we could talk about the systemic issues that we're addressing, anything from trying to improve funding for independent living centers to raising rates for people who provide home care for individuals who can be independent and live in their own home, provided that they have home care aids to provide some of their care needs, like uh, bathing and and, uh, meal preparation and things like that. You know, personal assistance can make a really big difference in someone's life. And I think that's a really good topic, not only for those of us who are aging, but those that may be having some conditions where they now need to have the extra help to self-sustain their home or apartment. Yeah, well, I I have a personal assistant who comes in and helps me with my needs, whether it's uh, grocery shopping or uh, doing the laundry, because I'm only so good at getting stains out of clothes and making sure that everything matches. Um, (laughs) Going through the mail, which is mostly junk mail anyhow, it's what we all get yeah. and, and uh, helping me with my rent check and those sort of things so that when my girlfriend and I are spending time together, we don't need to do those sort of things. That's right. That's right. Relationships are key. And one of the ways that we as human beings have some joy because we, you know, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, right, is to have our basics not only be the focus of everything. Right. Sonam and I, we are going to be doing uh, some co-hosting together where she's not a guest. She's an equal part of the part of the show and uh, very looking very much looking forward to uh, having you be a part of it here in the coming weeks. Very cool. I'm going to love to have breakfast with you, Blake. <laughs> yes. Well, well, this one is this one is blazing access, and uh, the other oh, one sorry. I do. No, that's okay. It's it's easy enough to do. I, you know, I've got breakfast. I've got blaze. It's plenty easy enough to to mix up what I do. Heck, I have a hard time keeping it straight. <laughs> well, you 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 are you are out and about, and I'm looking forward to 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 learning and co-hosting and speaking more about these issues of importance to us and the larger community in the region and beyond. Yeah, and I greatly appreciate the insight and the perspectives that you have, you know, from the dual lens of working in state government and trying to move a needle that, let's just say it for what it is, didn't always want to be moved. And you worked really hard to make sure that needle moved as much as it possibly could, along with you know, being at the independent living center where you are, where that needle moves much more freely, if you will. Yes, yes, you you really said it well. Yes, I'm I'm really um, I I did learn a lot from that experience and the importance of what those systems go through, and also where they're super stuck, and our system and how we can bond and help them to see ways to function better and 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 more inclusively. Absolutely. And to learn more about the great work that the Independent Living Center of the Hudson Valley does, their website is ilchv.org. Again, that's ilchv.org. So, Nam, what a treat it's been to talk with you here on Blaze and Access. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I love your show, Blaze and Access, and I recommend it to everyone. Thank you for having me. That's all the time we have. 
Thanks for listening to Blazon Access, connecting the community to the disabled world. What do you think? Let me know at facebook.com slash shows. That's B-L-A-I-S-I-N shows. On Twitter at shows, Or email me at shows at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and at my website, blazonshows.com. To quote the late Christopher Reeve, a hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. Take care of yourself, and we'll talk again next week. On Blaze and Access, I'm Blaze Bryant.